Welcome back. Welcome to Decision Space, the only show to take place right here in the space between the turns in your favorite games. I'm Brendan Hansen. I'm Jake Friedman. And this is the podcast about decisions in games. Somebody call an ambulance. This Decision Space is sick. We're looking at Dice Hospital, a Stan Kordonsky, Mike Nudd, dice drafting worker placement game. We'll discuss shared puzzles, pseudo-linear scoring, when optimization makes for good dark humor, and more in today's episode of Decision Space. Brendan, I have to ask you, are, are you like losing your voice? Is something happening okay, so over I'm, there? I'm really relieved we're doing the Dice Hospital episode because I got sick about a week ago. So I'm hoping that this episode is going to heal me up. But yeah, yeah, basically, Mai and I got so sick that we thought we had like really bad COVID, but we kept coming back negative. And then I think I got bronchitis and lost my voice a lot. And now I, believe it or not, believe it or not, I think it's coming back. So this is like the better version of if we had recorded two days ago, you would have been like, Brendan, we can't, what are you doing? Why did yeah. you tell me we can't record? This yeah. is a surprise to me, but uh, I'm glad that you're feeling better. I think your voice is understandable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Intelligible. But it does sound like you've been smoking like, what, seven packs of cigarettes a day for the past two weeks or something? Oh, wait, maybe that's what caused it. I did pick up seven pack a day smoking. Is that like a normal amount for like a lot of smokers? Is that like, I I, I was thinking in my head when I said seven packs a day, is it like two packs a day? Was that a legitimate question? I mean, like one pack a day is a lot. Yeah, one pack. That's a lot. twenty-four cigarettes or something. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know yeah, that's yeah. a lot, but like when somebody's like makes that joke about like packs a day, what's the oh, number yeah. they go with? I, maybe like two, one two pack. I feel like one pack, two pack is like two pack is like what are you doing? You're you think that's die. like max? All yeah, right, max. Well, yeah. Well, let us know in the Discord about your own smoking habits. You can always find the link to that uh, <laughs> to the description in our show notes. Obviously, you know. Uh, Surgeon General warning: We do not advise smoking cigarettes. Definitely um, not. But walk, you could come to our dice hospital. If you need <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, please let's transition out of this. It's <laughs> going so bad. <laughs> okay, um, pre planners. For those of you who like to play games along with us, you should know that the next game that we'll be covering on this episode, on this podcast will be Blood Rage. Uh, following that, we don't know. We're kicking around some ideas, but we did want to make the announcement that we're going to hold our next Patreon vote where our patrons get to choose a game that we'll cover, you know, within the next month or so. The last game they picked was Agricola, our episode last week. So if you want to hear that, um, you can go back and listen to that episode. I think it was a good one. So thank you patrons for your wisdom in getting us to cover that game. I think that turned out well, so we're going to do it again. Um, if you would like to participate in that vote, uh, you are more than welcome to do so. The way to do that is join the crew for this podcast, uh, aka sign up for Patreon. I think we have different levels ranging from what, like $5 to $15 a week or something? Even $3. $3 to $10. A budget line. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of different options on there. Um, and obviously, you know, we do this for fun, um, but it does help to offset some of the costs of the show. The Patreon helped us to upgrade our audio quality recently. All the money we get goes right back into the show. And I think most importantly of all, it just means a ton to us that people appreciate what we're doing. And that's one way of expressing your appreciation. So thank you, patrons. Totally. And I will say, if you are a current patron, we'd love to know what games you'd like us to submit into the vote. So if you'd like to nominate some games for the voting process, feel free to go off in the bridge, that patron-exclusive Discord channel. We'd love to hear it. Okay, that plug out of the way. I just wanted to make one more note before we get going. Um, on the Isle of Cats episode, it was pointed out to me in a very kind Discord message that I was using uh, OCD in an inappropriate way. I, I was using it in the context of the episode to, to mean sort of uh, a preference for tidiness and, you know, not overlap or, you know, wanting things to fit neatly within the confines of the board in a way that the game didn't allow. And that I found that a little bit disconcerting in my initial plays. However, uh, OCD is a clinical condition that actually, you know, is a, a serious um, diagnosis for many people. And many, many people find, you know, 
it used in such a lighthearted fashion to be offensive. So I appreciate uh, the Discord user who let me know that I was using that inappropriately. I certainly didn't mean any harm, and uh, now I know. So I'll try to refrain from using that colloquialism in the future, knowing the harm that it can do. So my sincere apologies. And yeah, thanks for the message. Yay. Let's talk about Dice Hospital. I'm really excited for this one. I feel like I'm more excited than you are, Jake. So I think you should go first and we can test that theory. So we're going to go right into our ratings and capsule review for the game. So for me, Dice Hospital, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. I think that the game is pleasing enough. It's a bit of fun. You know, I, I was okay with logging on to Board Game Arena to take turns as a distraction from work. It didn't make me feel upset or mad but i kind of felt like i was just doing like a puzzle or something more so than i felt like i was playing a game it was just it just seemed like i would kind of try to fit everything together neatly and if it didn't work out neatly i might reset and sort of try to fit those puzzle pieces together again until i found the solution um so by that i think my main criticism the thing i found unsatisfying about the game was I just felt like there was a real lack of exciting, meaty decisions, which makes it a perfect topic to cover on that show. I think that the decision space is far too clear in most meaningful aspects of the game, where it's just all sort of figure-outable. And while that's nice and satisfying to figure it out and put the puzzle together in a satisfying way, it's not really what I'm looking for in a board game. Uh, so, you know, it's for me, that's kind of like a damning criticism i think and making something that you know, makes it sort of something i'm not ultimately like super thrilled to to play but you know it's pleasant enough that i don't want to say like i actively had a bad time either so for me it's like an okay game but a, a five out of ten nice awesome okay here's mine jake dice hospital is a perplexing little gem the more i play it the more i want to play it and the more i enjoy it i don't typically think of myself as someone who enjoys hyper puzzly games but Dice Hospital nails its complexity budget and offers a deliciously compelling worker placement, resource management, dice manipulation puzzle with a nice waxing arc, bombastic turns, and interesting decisions that somehow manages to be more fun than I expected to be each time I play. Nine out of ten. Wow, that's really high. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. This is going to be such an interesting episode. Yeah, it's not super common that we disagree so significantly. So those ones always tend to stick out. This is our biggest disagreement in a while. And maybe ever. Four might be our biggest delta ever. Wow. Yeah. How about that? Man, Dice Hospital, a very controversial game, obviously. That's what everybody always says about it. You know what else they say? Is that what? this game was published in 2018 by Alley Cat Game. Well, I was going to say, I feel like this is really Alley Cat Game's sort of like breakout hit. Of like, if you know an Alley Cat Games game, I feel like you probably know Dice Hospital. They also have a game called Chocolate Factory. They got a little bit of buzz. They also did that really nice new Tinner's Trail uh, version, the Martin Wallace game. They, they republished that, brought it out in this pristine, beautiful version that I'm trying to get Jake to play. Is it a breakout hit, though? <laughs> I mean, did you know that name? No, no. Dang but it. I mean, I just mean like, I don't know that like, is Dice Hospital like a popular game? You so I, I knew about Dice Hospital and I was aware of Dice Hospital before we started the podcast. It was like a game that I was interested in um, and wanted to check out. I don't think it's like a mega hit by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think it's less popular than a game like Kanagawa that we love. No, no. Yeah, I'm not, I'm like not saying that like, tier. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. It's like a, it's a game that certainly got some coverage on, you know, the board game media circuit, right? I think if you went to a convention and you pick up a handful of board gamers and you like shake them out, you're going to find at least a few who know what Dice Hospital is. I, yeah. I think I was just pushing it back about like the hit because I think this is like, it might be their biggest game, but I don't know that it's something that really, really like broke out among sure, like sort of sure. the the mainstream or like the hotness of board games. Not that that really means anything at all. Um, where I came to Dice Hospital, the thing that intrigued me about it the most is that I know that Stan Kordonsky is mm. Tony Favor from Two Wood for a Wheat, favorite game designer of all time. So I was kind of like, oh, this is like 
a board, you know, like the board game critics board gamer, you know, type of type of joint. Yeah. Um, so that was, I was like, okay, cool. I'm down to try out a Stam Kordonsky game. Nice. That's awesome. But <laughs> yeah. interestingly, I do think this is the one uh, Stan game that he hasn't, that Tony hasn't played, he told me, or like one of them. Speaking of Stan Kordonsky, some of his other games of note, and I played none of these, so I'm interested to hear if you have, uh, Rurik, Dawn of Kiev, Shadows, Shadow Kingdoms of Valyria, Resurgence, and there are others. Yeah, I haven't played any of them. I know okay. that Rurik is is definitely one of the more popular ones. People really like that game. Uh, and the, we should mention, too, that this game is also co-designed by Mike Nudd, who's done uh, Waggle Dance and Vampire... I'm intrigued by Waggle Dance. It's a good title. Waggle Dance yeah. is a good title. <laughs> yeah. uh, and also did Vampire Prince of the City. Uh, these games are also not games I'm familiar with, but I like... Obviously, I'm a fan of Dice Hospital, so I'm intrigued, and I, I want to look more into their ludography. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, with that game background out of the way, let's jump right into your previously recorded rules overview, and then we'll get into our deep dive discussion of this game. Dice Hospital is a dice drafting, dice manipulation, worker placement, hospital management game in which players take on the role of hospital administrators, bringing in sick patients like myself and healing them up and discharging them happy and well. In Dice Hospital, patients are represented by six-sided dice with one value, dice representing tremendously unwell patients at risk of dying, and value six dice representing nearly fully healed patients on the cusp of being discharged and going home. Patients, and therefore dice, come in three different colors in the game, red, green, and yellow, which comes up into play based on a player's hospital healing infrastructure, as some workers and worker placement spots can only heal certain colors of patients. Each player manages their own personal hospital board, which contains their workers, which are doctors used to take actions and heal patients, their worker placement spots, which are rooms or departments at the hospital that are used to heal patients with, and hospitals start with some generic but useful rooms. Uh, for example, heal a one or two value die, heal a yellow die, heal a green die, heal a five or six value die, and so on. Each player also starts with three basic doctors with which they can take actions. Here's how the game flow works. Each player starts the game with three random patients with values of those patients set to three, four, and five. Then at the start of each round, players take turns drafting an ambulance full of three new patients. Dice are distributed into ambulances in ascending order, so the lowest value ambulance will always contain the lowest value dice, and ones and sixes get re-rolled, so these values will never appear in an ambulance, meaning new patients that are ones or sixes will never into a player's hospital. The player who selects the lowest value ambulance the one with the sickest patients overall in that round, then gets to go first in the next phase. In the improvement phase, players draft either a new specialist worker for their hospital or they draft a new department tile placement location for their hospital. Once each player adds an improvement to their hospital, the activation phase begins and players simultaneously use their workers to activate locations in their hospitals to heal patients. Each worker and department may only be used once per round. If a player increases a die past value 6, that patient is healed and discharged, and the player receives some points for healing them based on the number of patients they discharged in that round. With an increasing benefit, the more patients are able to discharge in a single round. At the end of the round, any untreated patients, those who no actions were taken to improve their health, are considered neglected, and their die values are decreased by one. Any patients who would drop below value one on a die, the player receives a fatality token worth negative two points at the end of the game and discharges that patient from their hospital. These steps are repeated for eight rounds, at which point, the end of the eighth round, the player with the most points is crowned the victor and the best hospital administrator. Thanks so much. What an incredible rules overview. And I was just thinking about this. So we might try and put out the video for this episode. And it's just good. They're just going to see how we actually record this where it's just like, bang, and we're back. I love it. 
Yeah. People will finally know that you haven't even heard the audio. I haven't even, <laughs> yeah, I haven't right, even recorded right. it yet. Man, and I'm always yeah. like, wow, Brendan, that's so sick, dude. You did <laughs> such a good job this time. That was a banger. Now we're getting to the deep dive discussion. It does make me feel good. So let's do that like we always do and start by characterizing the decision space. Um, so what what is the decision space type here? It's, I think this is a pretty clear one. Yeah, so it's a waxing decision space, right? The Over the course of the game, you're getting more workers that you can use to activate your worker placement spots, and you're also getting more worker placement spots as the game goes on. At the start of every round, you're also getting three additional dice, uh, the actual patients who are coming into your hospital, and you're going to heal some percentage of them every every round maybe. Maybe you'll take a round off, try to build up for reasons that we'll talk about more uh, with the scoring incentives of this game as we go on. Um, but over the course of the game, the the size of the decision space in terms of how many decisions you're making and the number of options that you have when making those decisions is just increasing throughout right. the course of the game. And it does have a little bit of that like punctuated feeling that we've mm-hmm. sort of defined in a lot of games where Yes, the decision space is growing because you just have more of everything. You have more dice to heal. You have more workers to place and you have more worker placement spots as you go through the game. But within each of those eight rounds in traditional worker placement style, you're putting workers out into a waning number of spaces. So that like little puzzle, which I feel like is the main part of the game, certainly the part of the game that like you spend the most time doing um is that feels like that puzzle is a waning puzzle but inside a larger system of a waxing game totally yeah i I think that that makes a ton of sense so you think it's a waxing game but with the most important puzzle being one that ultimately is going to wane at some point yeah it's like yeah that's an interesting way of putting it right it's like a, a waxing a waxing game is the overall structure but like each scene inside that almost if you want to take it like a movie yeah analogy right uh which I actually do want to take in that direction in a second, right? Each scene is like a waning shape. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, totally. Cool. All right. So Brendan, I think we have to talk about the clarity of the decision space in this game, because I think that's my main issue with what's happening here. So I just want to ask, and, and when we talk about clarity, it's like how essentially how figure outable are the decisions on your turn um, or the decisions throughout the game. And it, feels to me like the main part of this game, the thing you're spending the most time doing is healing dice, activating worker placement space. And that just feels like almost like it's so clear as to not be a decision at all. It's mm. it's like you can almost just get to an optimal answer of like, mm. I've done the most this turn that I could do. Your thoughts? I, th- I think that that is... Okay, of all the games we cover on decision space, I think that the that you're totally right to put this at the end of the spectrum, which is almost the most clear of games we've covered. And I think interestingly, it's not by mistake that we're also describing this as maybe one of the most puzzly games we've ever discussed, right? Like the closer you get to full clarity of a decision space, the closer we're getting to there being right answers. And the closer that we get to there being right answers in a game, strictly right answers, the closer we move away from game and approach puzzle. So I think that it's these are our wedded concepts. And if we're going to take something away from our conversation with Dice Hospital, I think that's one thing that we should remember and take away. Because I don't know if I had observed that or sort of understood that in as concrete terms as I did until I played Dice Hospital. So like yeah. that's that's interesting to me. I think just to, just to elaborate on that for a second, I think it's a super great point. We've talked about before on just like in shape of decision space and clarity that if you have a decision space that is like, you know, if, if you have a decision space that is so unclear, right? If you view it as a spectrum and you turn, you, you know, pu- push the lever all the way to unclear, yeah. like cloudy decision space, then there's no, dis- you can't make any valid decision at all because everything is so uncertain. It's completely uncertain. It's like not a game. And if you take that uh, lever all the way down to perfect clarity, what you literally get is like a jigsaw puzzle, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and that is, it's sort of a game. You're sort of putting it together, but ultimately you inevitably get to the solution where you find the way the pieces go together to complete the picture. 
Right. Absolutely. And it, so Dice Hospital, very much towards that puzzle end. But I do think that part of the th- reason why I said the more I played this, the more I enjoyed it, Jake, is the more I played it, the more I felt that my I was making decisions around what dice to heal. Like, it's not as if there's a perfect answer every time based on the dice that you have and the the color of die, especially, I think, impact things to some extent. And then also... Uh, there's these special tokens in the game called blood bags that you can use to e- either change the color of certain dice or increase their value by one. And these are really important to the strategy of playing Dice Hospital because they help set up these really large um, bursty turns where you can do significantly more actions or accomplish more based on your worker placement spots. So I think the more I played, the more I felt like I was making value judgments in terms of when to heal certain dice, um, when to sort of expend my blood bags and make a big push when to heal certain colors of dice. But I, I don't think that the value judgments were ever as strong as in a game with more randomness, like say Castles of Burgundy or something like that, right? Um, I never felt like I was making these sort of tough calls. I, mm-hmm. I felt like at best I was sort of saying, I think this is a slightly better decision than this decision. I'm going to let my one, I'm going to let this dice uh, turn into a fatality token. Uh, I, I don't know how morbid of terms we want to use, right? I'm going to let this dice die. Um, and leave my hospital that way to set up a bigger turn in the future and get more. Yeah. I I'm like trying to think about how to like phrase my argument and get away from just sounding like I am very smart and therefore like I just always made the right decisions. Yeah. Um, so what I'll say is like, for me, I think there are super, super clear heuristics in this part of the game that you always want to follow around. Like I need to heal dice enough so that i have at least three empty spaces so that i have spots to take in new dice next turn like if at all possible right like i never want to you know i'm choosing to heal dice in a way that i'm creating three empty spots if i can um right and there are a lot of the specialized kind of hospital administrators you get at the end or at the beginning of the game rather or like tell you something about scoring so like if you heal completely two yellow dice in one turn Right, that's like a very strong heuristic that you always want to like accomplish if you can, mm-hmm. as opposed to healing like two different colored dice. So I felt like, and then you always want to like heal if you're not all the way healing the dice to where it's like fully healed. You always want to kind of heal different ones so that they're not ticking down. I mean, there could be small exceptions, but I feel like there's such your such obvious and clear signposted heuristics to follow that you just kind of do that. Yeah. Um, and things are gonna work out well for you. And when things are unclear, it's like like okay, I could heal this like red, yellow, this red three to a four, or this yellow three to a four. Like which do I do? It might be not clear to you in that small moment, but also like it doesn't matter the vast majority of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that was kind of like where I was feeling like, okay, I do all the things that are obvious, and then I just like use my workers to heal as many other dice as I can done. I think too, maybe this is the most natural time for us to talk about where the game lives. If we're going to use sort of some of the language we've used in the past, which is a lot of the more game element of this game is the ambulance draft, right? Like that's where some of the most interesting decisions come into play. But I think there's valid criticism, even that in that dice draft um, of the fact that oftentimes when presented with that decision, you're looking at, am I taking the the lowest value ambulance uh, to get one blood bag or am I taking the highest value one available to me otherwise? Um, I don't think, I think that heuristic exists too and solves 70 to 90% of the of the boards that you might draft from. Like the number of times where you would go and you would not take one of the extremes is pretty low if they're offered to you. So I'm going to jump on the bandwagon of Jake's side a little bit and say that I wish that if I could turn one of the knobs up in this game, I wish that I could turn the the drafting knob up just a tiny bit in the dice drafting because I, I love this portion of the game. And I think that there are interesting decisions. And I think when I make the most rewarding decisions, they're typically here. Um, not always the most fun, but the most re- interesting and rewarding, they're in the ambulance draft. Yes. And this is where I wanted to kind of like bring up the analogy that you actually alluded to earlier about like a movie, right? Okay. When you think about this game, I don't know if this is going to make any sense, but I'm going for it. 
Okay. Like when you think about this game, like what, who, what mechanism is like the star? Like what mechanism is like mm. the main character in the game? For me, I think it's clearly the uh, worker placement aspect where you're using the workers you've drafted, you're putting them into the hospital, specialized hospital areas that you've also drafted, you're healing a bunch of these and you're scoring points. Like to me, like clearly that's like the star of the game. That's what everything is building to. That's what you're spending the most time doing. And I think like there for me is unfortunately the least satisfying part of the game. Mm. I think there are interesting decisions that come up in the hot, in the uh, um, hospital or sorry, the ambulance draft where you're picking what dice to your point. I agree with you. I think mostly it's really obvious what to take, but sometimes a non-negligible amount of times you kind of have to think a little bit about it, especially if you're the first person to go. Yeah. Like, um, and then I think there's like this really weird part of the game where you can like choose if, to move around some of the colors of dice on the ambulances before the draft gets like placed. If you're like the second person or the last person to pick an ambulance. And I think that is like, probably where any like advanced skill Hmm. you know ability to like level up in this game exists i think it's there that to me like what i should be doing in that phase of the game is kind of clear as mud still i think that's probably the most like interactive part of the game where i could be like okay this person probably wants this color of dice and they are likely want you know higher values so i should switch around those like okay, now we're making like board game decisions, but it's just such a tiny side character, right? In this in this game that like, and the impact of that like might be meaningful, but it's like going to be a very, very small part of the game. And if everybody's playing optimally, I guess that's the difference, but it's still like, to me, it's just not enough uh, in like the balance of the whole. Like, I just think like the balance of it is is off. I think too, so... One thing about the ambulance draft is that the dice get pre-sorted. So the lowest value die are all grouped together in the lowest value ambulance, which is going to allow you to go first in the uh, improvement draft stage. So if you take the worst dice, you get the first choice of improvement. So you create this interesting push-pull with the design of the interplay between these two systems. But I, I do think that there's something you give up is some of the interesting decisions that Jake is talking about where you get to move around die, you're only moving around around dies of the same value. So you can really only juggle color. And when you're setting up the draft, you already re-roll ones and sixes. You'll never see those. Those values appear in the ambulances. Uh, So we only see between twos and and fives in the ambulances. Is that, that is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is, there's not even more. That is the die values that aren't one and six. Yeah, yeah. So we've banded. We've cut off a third of the dice values. Yeah. We've cut off a third of the values. There's only four values that can appear in the ambulances. So it, this is like the the sort of like the the designers like I don't know putting us in a straitjacket almost in this part where I almost wish I know the game would be more loosey goosey. It'd be more random. You could add more systems, but I almost wish that this sort of part of the game got to live a little bit more. And I'm sure there's reasons why in development these decisions were made that make the game work better. It leans into the puzzling nature. Um, but I, I, you all, it's just like, oh, the, it's like the numbers almost work. Right. And I think like to me when I'm like playing this game, I just a lot of times I'm just like, okay, there's probably some interesting decisions to be had here. Yeah. But like moving two different four. A, you might not have any ability to move, manipulate any dice at all, just pending how the rolls lay out. Yeah. And even when you do, it's like the impact of this is going to be so small. Like I almost like don't even want to like, like it, it doesn't compel me to dive deep and like dig into it and to really try to think hard about what I should optimally be doing here. It just doesn't feel worth it to me. Yeah. I think that so much of it too, it's really interesting because a lot of what makes those decisions interesting are the product of decisions that you and past players have already made, right? Like what makes color decisions interesting is the product of all of the dice drafting decisions everyone's already made, all of the healing decisions they've already made, and all of the improvements they already have. So oftentimes those become the most interesting when someone's really invested in one color because some high value 
dice of those color came out or good improvements in that color came out. And then you can deny them and block them from those colors and make their hospital really inefficient. This game gets so weird when you think about it in real terms, like reroute that ambulance. Don't send those people to the hospital. They'd be better for them. You got to send them to my hospital. Uh, it, it's like, it gets all funky, but, uh, but I think those decisions are interesting, but they're not always fun. And the fun things about this game are just like, I'm going to heal 10 dice in one turn and my hospital is going to be empty. And it's going to be like, Ooh, what a shift. We healed the whole hospital. We can go home happy, you know? Uh, I, and I definitely get that too. Like I, when I'm playing this game, like I get the endorphins of like, wow, I just had like a really big turn. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think like it, it's the rest of it that leaves me still, still wanting for more. And like, I think, and I think too, like when you think about the other decisions you make in the game, in this game, and maybe we'll dive into these deeper if you want to, but the, you know, the ambulance draft, I feel like a lot of times it's just so obvious because mm. there are many times in this game where it's like the drawback of taking the lower values, right? The, the inherent trade-off there, right? The lower values require more time and effort to heal, but in many situations i find myself in this game i actually want the lower value dice because i already have a bunch of higher value dice mm. in my in in my hospital already like dice that i've been taking in previous turns at higher values because they'd be easier to get out of the hospital or you know dice i've been in there a while and been healed for a turn or two so i have all higher value dice so i actually need low value dice uh because a lot of the rooms in the hospital require you to have a low value that like i can only use this room to heal a one or a two you know or i or i can only use this room to uh or you know i get maximum value out of this room because it allows me to heal a singular dice like three or four times right so again i, I like wants me to have some lower dice available as option so you know i think if you kind of play this game logically um a lot of times the trade-offs are just not trade-offs. It's just like, okay, well, duh. I just, I'll take these low dice that I need and the blood bag. Or like, okay, they, uh, my opponent took the lowest value. So obviously I'm going to take these ones that are, you know, the third ambulance that have higher values as opposed to the one that's like the same, but middle values. I think they're probably, the decisions are slightly more interesting than the credit you're giving them just because of the zero sum nature of, the draft like if you take the lower values i get the higher values and you might be okay getting the lower values but me getting the higher values might be better for me than it is for you you, you get what i'm saying then for you giving those up and taking the lower values like i think in a lot of instances you sticking me with the lower values could be worse but i agree that the blood bag kind of like balances it out in a really meaningful way and makes it worthwhile which works for me because blood bags are like the most interesting thing about the game Mm -hmm. that's fair I, I think i see your point uh, and i think yeah i'm probably not giving it quite enough credit i'm sort of taking like the extreme perspective yeah, yeah, here yeah, yeah um it's also easy to yolo the draft and still exactly. like make it work like it's it's fine when you're learning the game to just go like oh the lowest values are the best are fine here because i'll get a blood bag or oh I'll just take the high values because they're high like it, it does work the heuristic is fine but i think the game is is has the room to demand like a level of perfection that if you, the more time you put in, the more you start to appreciate right. uh, about I, it. And I like that. I think that's fair. And also like, I don't know, like for me, it's like the game has to, I think some of that is on me, the player to be like, I should spend time with these decisions. And also I want the game to like compel me to spend time sure. making these decisions. Right. Like, you're right. In in some non-zero percent of cases, it's probably the right move to like spite my own nose or whatever. What I always messes up, like sp <laughs> spite my face to like hurt you more. Yeah. But in the vast majority of cases, it's probably not. I need some lower value dice to be able to activate these rooms, or else I'm gonna have like wasted workers, and I'll get the blood bag by taking it. So I just like do that, you know, instead of like actually sitting there and like evaluating every single ambulance, I feel like the I could do that and maybe I get more out of the decision space if I do, but the game is not compelling me to do that 
Um, and I think, and I think maybe that's just like a balance thing. Maybe I'm misreading the situation, but it just feels like the heuristics lead you to the right choice so often that it's like, I find myself like, I'll just like follow them. Yeah. I think that that's fair. Um, okay. There's kind of like a breaking point here. I feel like, can we discuss Jake, the, the experimental medicine mini expansion that we've played with a little bit? I think now is a really natural time to talk about it. Sure. Yeah. So there's this mini expansion for Dice Hospital that changes uh, the some of the buildings in play and also some of the workers in play. It adds this new color. Uh, it takes out the blue from the base game of improvements and specialists and gives you brown. And the theme here, there's a couple new things going on, but we add dice rolling to the game. Dice rolling uh, of sort of like re-roll a die and whatever the value you get is that value is not present in the base game it is present here so you you get sort of um new uh departments like the drug trial center where you get to re-roll to die uh instead of just straight healing and then also you get things like the hematology technician where if you heal a patient with that uh worker you get to gain a blood bag or there's other ones where if you uh heal a worker or heal a patient with this worker you can trade a fatality token for a blood bag sort of things like this that play with the system in interesting ways and i'm I'm curious jake do you like the game more with this expansion um this is more to your taste do you think it's a better game with this expansion what what do you think of it yeah i think like it doesn't interact with my issue with the game really in any way so I, I don't feel like I really would. I, this is sort of a lame answer, but I don't think I really prefer one way or another. I think they're both fine. Yeah. I think the uh, expansion, it doesn't add more decisions into the, you know, activate your hospital, you know, do the hospital shift part of the game. It just makes that puzzle more complex, right? Yeah. It gives you more ways to manipulate it. Like I, in one of our recent games, I got a, a hospital expansion that allowed me to turn a die onto its opposite face. So mm-hmm. I can turn a, oh, yeah. a one into a six or a two into a five or, you know, so on and so forth. Or the other way, you know, if I wanted to make a, a die worse, which I probably wouldn't want to do. And and I mean, essentially that's interesting to the puzzle, but what essentially meant was like, okay, I just like want to not heal a two every turn if I can, so that it becomes a one so that I can turn it into the six and get crazy value on each subsequent turn of the game. You know, and that doesn't really expand the decision space anyway. It just changes the way I perform my puzzle to get to the the optimal solution each time. Yeah, I think that's really fair. But I will say, I think one of my favorite things about Dice Hospital is I think that for a game that's going in the more puzzly direction, I think it nails the complexity budget really well. Like mm-hmm. I really enjoy counter to you. One, I don't know that I would love Dice Hospital on the table because I think uh, I, the vast majority, all my games, all my plays have been on Board Game Arena. Me too. Um, and most of them have been async. I have played this game real time a little bit. Um, and I think that this game at the table would be very head down. Everyone would be mostly yeah, doing their own little homework, right? Uh, yeah, and I think it loses some of the luster. But I will say uh, for playing it digitally and playing it sort of maybe even solo, there is a solo mode. I think the the puzzle gives me is the perfect complexity to be really satisfied every time you go into either a round to round puzzle or even the puzzle over the course of the game it nails that complexity budget and i think with the experimental medicine it adds i I like the dice rolling it's i find it fun it's it's kind of like adds a little bit of uncertainty Uh, and then some of the other interesting decisions around like fatality tokens and that sort of thing amp up the complexity just a little bit such that now that i've played like 25 games of dice hospital or, or have you it like it refreshes it. And I found myself Mm -hmm. enjoying the game even more again. Um, So I I think if you find yourself for, for listeners who like Dice Hospital, uh, try the experimental medicine mini expansion after you've played a few games. It's good. It's, it's worth your time. I think I could definitely see the value in this game as a solo game. I think that'd be a really fun solo experience. And I think that kind of like, would really address my concern that it's just like this like optimization puzzle that you can come up with the best solution for because if i'm just playing solo by myself just trying to get the best card with the random or the best score with the random way the cards come out and the dice are rolled 
then like that's great i'm totally fine with that um but yeah i certainly wouldn't want to play this on the table with other people i think the issues you point out would come through of it being kind of head down and probably longer than i would want as everyone is trying it seems like it'd be a game that would like the more time you take kind of the better you can do often and i don't like that that games is gonna like reward people even theoretically for just like taking longer you know more time spent on their turn than other people so i think that's uh one potential challenge and then the other is uh, something else i don't like in um multiplayer games is when games have you like manipulating a bunch of stuff at the end or on your turn and then everybody's like okay i did all these things and and you're sort of looking on the table like all right if you say so Mm, and one person's doing like really good and you're like are you though like are you doing it right or did you like accidentally mess up one or like double activate something which could so easily happen on the table in this game or like knock over dice like was that like a four or three i can't remember you know it just seems like it has it's like has this potential for like I have that tendency, like I just want to like audit everybody's turn to make sure, sure they're not like doing anything improper. <laughs> and like yeah, I don't yeah. like that tendency about myself, and I feel like it would be brought out in this game. Yeah, yeah, totally. And if you haven't played Dice Hospital, uh, what Jake's talking about is the all of the worker placement that happens on your personal board that we've talked about. That's just happening simultaneously uh, for everyone at the table. So you sort of take turns in the ambulance draft phase, and then you just all go to town. And I will say, Jake, you might enjoy this game more real time. Because the the worker placement puzzle with a timer can actually be intense. Um, I've played it on my phone a little bit. And I will say that like it, it's a little bit harrowing. It like amps it up a little bit. And I could see this game being uh, fun where you played with like a three-minute sand timer for the worker placement puzzle or four-minute. Or, or you could really vary the yeah. difficulty. Yeah. Um, and it sort of calibrates the puzzle a little bit. I, I think that also just like speaks to the fact that really what is happening in this game is like, it's testing your bandwidth to be able to parse a puzzle then it you know which is different right it's that's a puzzle totally it's a and i think that part of the reason why i've rated this game really high for games really high yeah yeah is that i realize having second thoughts buyers no i'm not i'm not i i realize that i it's so different than so many of the games that we covered that I needed to rate Dice Hospital on what Dice Hospital was trying to do, not necessarily what I wanted Dice Hospital to try to do. And I think it does an incredible job of doing what it wants to do in terms of a design. And I really admire it for being such a strong sort of puzzle game. Uh, yeah. Can we talk about the scoring? Yeah, I was just say it really made me laugh. Somebody in our Discord was like grilling you. It's like, it turns out you rate, rated... Agricola and space space the same. Defend yourself. <laughs> yeah, don't tell William when I rated Dice Hospital. <laughs> yeah, if, if he oh doesn't listen God. to the episode, yeah, don't tell him. He's gonna lose it. Um, yeah, it's funny. Okay, so scoring. One interesting yeah. thing about Dice Hospital is um I I feel like a lot of games with this sort of like uh dice drafting, one or let me put this differently. When you set out to design a game like Dice Hospital, one question that immediately presents itself is are all players going to get the same number of patients throughout the game or a different number of patients? In Dice Hospital, they made the decision that all players would get the exact same number of patients throughout the game. Every player is going to get 27 patients. You start with three, there's uh, eight rounds, and you get three new patients at the start of each round. 27 patients over the course of the game, period. That's how it works. That's just the way it is. Okay, so you have 27 times that you could potentially heal patients in this game and healing is how you get points but you're never going to heal all your patients the healing all 27 is almost impossible i guess maybe maybe it's possible but it seems very very hard Um, but the way scoring works is it's not exactly triangular scoring and it's not linear scoring so every few uh basically patients that you heal or every patient you heal you get slightly more in terms of points back but there's also these little threshold bumps where you get a real boost for healing more. And also, if you can ever heal all the patients on your board, you get five bonus points. So you have this sort of interesting push-pull between, do I want to just try to clear out my board a few times? Or do I want to try to build up for one really big turn where I'm healing almost like, you know, 10, 9, 10 dice die in a single turn and getting a lot of points for it. I like this aspect of the game a lot. I, I think, think it's cool. Definitely. Yeah. I, think I think that, that makes the 
that's like the most like interesting part of the puzzle. Yep. I was going to say that I feel like Dice Hospital is a game almost saved by its scoring, that the scoring mm-hmm. design is so interesting. It, it takes what would be almost like sort of like okay decisions, it, but instead because of this sort of like push-pull between wanting to, you to have these bigger bursts where you're healing a lot of dice at once, it creates this interesting texture with the scoring system where you have these sort of like downturn rounds where you're just building up, and then you have this bombastic explosive turn where you heal a bunch and you've had a turn before in the game, Jake, right? Where you've healed like nine or 10 dice. Yes. And I think like, it's weird though, because like, I I think the way that you're describing that is almost as if like, like you're making like big choices between like, do I like, what strategy am I going for? Where it feels like the game is like, it naturally is sort of like pushing you to these turns where you're scoring a lot. You know what I mean? It's not like a trade-off as much as it's like, you know, you sort of are following the heuristic and it kind of like ushers you towards this same sort of output. I think that that's definitely true, but I think the more I play, the more there are times where during the ambulance draft, I sort of say like, oh, I really wish I'd gotten the high value ambulance because this could have been a really big burst turn. And instead I got the lowest value ambulance. And now what am I going to do? Am I just going to heal three dice? And try to see if I can get the big burst turn next turn. And if so, how do I set that up? Or am I going to, okay, this is the big burst turn. It's not going to be as big of a burst as I thought it would be. But let's go. Let's see if I can get six healed, maybe seven. And we'll make the most of it. And I think that I agree with you. It's not as strategically interesting, maybe as I made it sound. But I do think the more you play, the more interesting it gets of like, is this the time? Do I push the NOS button now? Like, is now Mm -hmm. the moment? Or is it two rounds from now? And I, I like that. And also the resource management puzzle of I'm only going to get so many blood bags in a game. You get blood bags pretty much in the base game only ever for taking the lowest value ambulance. So they're pretty hard to get or in the expansion for fulfilling certain tasks with special workers. And I think that because of that, they're really powerful for setting up those big turns And I think knowing when to use them is about the most fun decision you can have. And I like that resource management puzzle a lot. But the flip side is, Jake, there's definitely times where it's like, okay, I can only heal two dice this round and I could use a blood bag to heal a third. Is that Mm -hmm. worth it? Right. Some games it will be, some games it won't be, you know? Yeah, that's true. Do you think that the game does a good job of like giving you feedback about in those situations, like if you made the right choice or not? No, the feedback in this game is so, so narrow. It's, yeah. I think that that's another aspect of maybe how puzzly it is. Maybe we can talk this out. Do you think that there's something about puzzles that give less feedback than games? And is part of what sort of us experiencing this a little bit as a puzzly game is like the game systems are so sparse that they're not, there's not room in them for player feedback, right? You, the one game system that you really interact with is either, well, there's, two primary modes of feedback. Okay, one, you're getting fatalities, but from your dice going to zero, one and then going t- turning down zero, or two, the ambulance, and neither of those offer particularly rich feedback because your play pattern is such that you're going to avoid fatalities at the detriment sometimes of yeah. you getting there. So you almost subvert your potential for feedback about how poorly your decisions have played out sometimes. Right, yeah, that's that's like, yeah, as you were talking, I was kind of like, maybe I would feel like the decision space was richer if I found myself like getting boxed into corners. Like, oh, mm. wow, if I had played that differently on turn two, then I you know, would be doing so much better right now. And that doesn't really come up. I mean, and maybe I am boxing myself into corners, or I probably am. You know, I'm not an expert at this game. I've played it, you know, I don't know, seven, eight times. Um, But, like, I'm only boxing myself in, like, relative to scoring potential in a way that I never realize, which kind of gives it, at least for me, this sort of... It doesn't have much of, like... The game doesn't have much of, like, an excitement arc. And game Mm. to game, I feel pretty much the same. Like, yeah, I sort of... I did a pretty good job managing my hospital. I guess I never get to the end of the game where I'm like, I really did a good job or I really did a bad Mm. job. I'm just sort of like, feel like it was another game of dice hospital. And you don't feel it in your end score much either. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I feel like I score pretty similarly Mm. game to game um, too. So, well, 
yeah, at least, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of difference between if they, I include the expansion or not. I wonder, Jake, there are uh, optional difficulty modes that mm -hmm. sort of like make you start with more dice, make your dice uh, decrease in value more each round. There's that others. might be more interesting. I was going to ask you, like, how often do you suffer fatalities in this game? Almost. Okay, so I have not engaged with those higher difficulty variants. Um, so almost never. Because yeah. the game ends before that would happen, typically. Like, the dice that I'm letting tick down, I typically don't allow to get there. Unless I'm playing in the expansion and I want a fatality token to convert to a blood bag. Yeah. I think that happened to me, like, in my first game, like, maybe once. And, or twice. And maybe, like, once in subsequent Quint games. But I can't specifically remember that happening. So I think maybe, yeah, like maybe I would enjoy this game more at a higher difficulty and that would give me more of the feedback I'm looking for. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, that that's maybe why I'm feeling so like hollow on the game where it's like, it's 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 kind of an interesting puzzle, um, but it's I never like, did I put the puzzle together at the end? I feel like I did. You know, I feel like I did got did the best possible outcome. I think I figured out my optimal move on every round in yeah. that dice placement phase. Um, maybe, but maybe I didn't. And I just am still left the game not knowing that. Have you ever let a die, a die, die on purpose? No, I was going to ask you that when you were talking about those like kind of off turns, like to yeah. set up a bigger one. I typically don't. I'd kind of like to follow that heuristic where it's like, okay, I want to not have my dice die. I want to make sure I always have three slots available. To, so I, that I because if you don't have three spots available, then the, any dice you can't place in your hospital automatically die. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I think I think those heuristics maybe are what is leading me into these like stale game states. Sure. I have uh, mostly because but it's tough, right? Because so a fatality token is negative two points. So and looking at the curve, the scoring curve, I actually made some graphs for the scoring curve in dice hospital and also the scoring rate of change. So how many more points do you get the more dice you score on a turn? So we'll post those on our website uh, alongside this post for Dice Hospital if you're curious at looking at those. Um, but I think that one thing that makes that tough is you're, you're like shaving off fractions of a point when you do it because, you know, if you heal two dice, you're getting 1.5 points for each die. If you heal one die, you're getting one point for it. If you heal like between if you heal seven die you're getting two points for it so it's tough to to sort of justify letting a die die to set up a bigger burst turn because you're not going to get that much more but with that said there's definitely times where i have done that i've neglected a certain color or something let it go set up a big turn and get there and i like those moments i just kind of mm -hmm. wish that there were more of them yeah that's i think the the grass really interesting and i think to me the takeaway just looking at them now is like Try not to heal just one dice on your turn. Yeah, it's terrible. Super suboptimal. Never yeah. heal only one die. Yeah. yeah. But there, and that's interesting. But though. two or more is not too different. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so we'll kind of describe this is that um, between one and six, or two and six is like roughly about the same. And then once you break past six, it really sorts, of, it curves back up. So you have this like gentle bend to six and then a sort of linear. Uh, all the way up mm -hmm. to 12, where you really, once you go past six, you want to run. And once you're below six, maybe instead of thinking about having a burst turn, you're thinking, uh, if you only have that many dice, is there a way I can clear my board and get the five bonus points? Because all of a sudden, okay, it's way better for you, right? So I like that push-pull. The bonus points and the scoring help a little bit, uh, but it's tough to clear your board. You're really focusing on taking a lot of the high values. Uh, you've built in a way where you don't have a lot of bursting worker placement spots that heal three you're doing lots of like heal one heal some reds and heal some other reds with your specialists and um i i don't know i think the builds are really interesting but they're they're not that different in yeah. terms of like diversity of what's going on here i might i want to look up like on now i'm curious like what's what's your like average score in dice hospital oh interesting we can do now that i'm just curious i'm like curious like are you like way better than me at this game Oh gosh, That's we're we're, we're going to put ourselves on the spot. My average points is 43.25, which is better than all players average and worse than a winning average score of 48.82. Wow, 
Oh, that's really good. Um, your average score is better than mine. My average score is 40.1. Oh, so I am very smart. Yeah, you're, you're really, the puzzle is, is too complex for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That's really interesting. Can I say one more thing, Jake? Really quickly. Yeah. I think that the one aspect of this game that's also interesting to me is the different colors. Uh, if you don't have those, the game is this sort of one-dimensional uh puzzle where you're just trying to solve a valuation puzzle and i think that the game almost if you take that aspect of the game away uh when you add the three colors it like jumps up to being a multi-dimensional puzzle where you have these mm -hmm. three colored the two you have the color dimension and the value dimension and i think that that really helps add texture to the decision space that's meaningful and interesting and there's lots of ways that games can add dimensionality to the decisions that they have whether it's card games adding different suits or different types of cards um, or in dice hospital you getting this sort of variance of uh of things this different type of a thing that can exist and i think that maybe in decision space we could talk more about this sort of like dimensionality of the decision space and because there's like really complex one-dimensional puzzles like i would mm -hmm. say like um there's some like reiner kinesia games where you're presented with tons of options but it's sort of like a one-dimensional puzzle in a way um I'd have to think what it is. Like, I think some like tile lane games take that shape. Like Carcassonne maybe feels that way to some extent. And then there's games that are like super multidimensional and have tons of different little wrinkles going on. And Dice Hospital kind of nails how much is going on. Yeah, no, I think I think well said. And also I was just thinking about this while you're talking where I feel like the scores with the expansion included are lower Oh, interesting. It, it, it seems to me. So I just want to give you this out that like if you've been playing more of the games with the expansion, which sounds like you have, Thank that's you. probably going to lower your average score overall relative to mine. I've only played a couple of games with the expansion. I really appreciate that. That makes me really happy okay. to hear that you feel that way. I think that's definitely what definitely it is. Definitely the right. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Uh, confirmed. And then I think my closing thoughts are we didn't touch on the like where you draft, you get to either draft a new worker or you get to draft a hospital thing. Yeah. And I just bring that up at the end to say, just that's just like the cap on my thesis here where it's like one more case where I feel like a super simple heuristic could just take you so far, which is like, I count up all my workers. And it's like, if I have more workers than I have hospital spaces, like I take a hospital space so that I can use the workers more. Uh, and if I don't, then I probably take a worker. Yeah. Yeah. And, you well, know what same. I mean? Do you do that same thing? Like you just sort of like, okay, well, obviously I need to use these workers efficiently. So if I have no room for them, I'm taking a hospital room, you know, and if I have more rooms than workers, I'm taking a worker. Yeah. I mean, you never, not, you never want more workers than rooms, but I think that there are times where certain rooms can be really valuable for you and you, you might go for it despite wanting a worker to basically be able to take advantage of the rooms that you have because you started out at this deficit where you have more rooms than workers. So you want to increase your workers, but rooms can heal. Uh, the average value of a room is typically like three, like you're going to get three value out of a room. Uh, whereas a worker, you're not typically getting that much benefit, uh, except you're usually like the bonus off them is one plus getting to use a spot. So I will say it depends, but yeah, that's a, a yes. It's a good heuristic. Yeah. All right. Great. Cool. Well, I think that's going to take us the end of our discussion today. Uh, it's a polarizing one for us. Uh, so that's exciting. And I think probably listening to this, you'll get a really good sense of if, if it's going to be a game that you might enjoy or one that you might not so much. The great news, though, is that it's on Board Game Arena, which makes it incredibly accessible to try out. I think at the end of the day, for me, it's only going to be a recommend for like solo play. I think that's mm. kind of like I think that might be the ideal space for this game. Um, but it sounds like Brendan recommends it in all digital situations, just not on the table. Yeah, I think so. I'd have to give it a play on the table, uh, but I have to imagine there's other games I want to play on the table, but as a really puzzly, nice, um, thinky game, this Dice Hospital delivers and is a really solid game that I think is worth playing at least to explore what a hyper puzzly game looks like. Totally. Yeah, no, I think so too. You know, if you're, you want to get down on a, the more academic side of exploring decision spaces, this is a great example of, of what a very clear decision space looks like. Um, so Brendan, let's leave it there. And 
say thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, you can find our show on Patreon at decisionspacepodcast.com slash Patreon if you'd like to support us. We have a Discord where you can join us for deeper discussions about games and and play games with us as we sort of pre-plan and prepare for these episodes. We're also on Twitter. Brendan has an amazing blog on Board Game Geek where he's always posting these. We love it when people jump into discussion there. And finally, we should, as always, thank Henry for our intro and outro song, Reach Out. Bye. 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 Bye.